scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if your name had something to do with witches or mermaids. But what's your name? Uh, you can call me Cannibal Siren. Cannibal Siren. Sure. Let's do it. That's fucking nuts. Thanks, man. So does, so do you eat other sirens? Um, sometimes. I'd like to think that I have a lot of variety in my diet. I'd call myself a foodie. (laughs) I also like, you know, you take headless like pictures of With, your yeah, food. Yeah, after yeah. you finish, it's great. Would recommend. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yeah, 10 out of 10. I'm all over Yelp. If I'm not wrong, don't they already eat and kill men? I mean, yeah, but you know, after. But this is all, this is all sirens mm-hmm. and all men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so and, uh, not all not all sirens. Don't discriminate. That's true. Just a ve- vegan sirens. Yeah, I'm a, I'd like to. I consider myself a vegan as I only eat my own kind. And I refrain from eating men, so really they should all thank Cause, me. Because you don't want to live with them, so like, <laughs> yeah. who would want to eat them? Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. Uh, so this is Lots of Pasta, and uh, you are our first female guest. Let me just like whisper that sensually <laughs> into the mic. It's me, a female. Oh my god. Breathe real heavily for added effect. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Uh, so I, I know that you, you've been listening for a short time, and I'm sure it's already obvious we have a severe lack of vagina on this show. It's 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 twenty. This is t- episode twenty five, which is kind of fitting. You know, we hit our first quarter. It's about time we got the other <laughs> sex on the earth involved. <laughs> You need, uh, you need some variety in your in the genitalia presented. Look, we have white heterosexual males. <laughs> yeah, all right. I guess you could use a white. We we have one. We have one homosexual, and in, in our defense, all he does is talk about dicks. Oh, okay. So, That's uh, Franz McBoohoo, <laughs> you know it's true. Who? <laughs> That's poetry. That's really beautiful. That brings. I write to your haikus. Mind. Really? Yeah. Can you, can you write one right now? Uh, caught a leprechaun, didn't have gold, but he might have had asthma. <laughs> Inspired. I'm, I'm tearing up. Snaps for you. I appreciate it. Cause we're, cause we're here in Philly. That's, that's another thing is like, I usually don't talk about my location. We are not in the basement today. <laughs> <laughs> we are out of the dungeon. We are into the light. And, um... We're in we're in Philadelphia. I I met Cannibal Siren in tw- what 2014. One of the foundation classes. Yeah, probably. I honestly can't remember which um, one. I don't remember particularly talking to you and enjoying your presence. However, until <laughs> until what uh, Nicola's seminar too. Yeah, definitely. Which was a year ago today. Yes, actually, yes, exactly. So I think like right about this time I was uh I was just getting over some mental breakdowns and this teacher is just so mean to me. And <laughs> and the only people I have in this class to comfort me was what like 
16 other girls and andrew's son yep <laughs> that's, that's how it always is and that's our entire program and so naturally i had to exactly naturally i had to fall back on on to talking to other people because andrew is sweet sweet boy not a, a pure, great talker no no a pure a pure soul <laughs> he is a pure soul does not deserve us <laughs> at all pure, pure sweet cinnamon roll yes. too good for this world actually that's actually very true uh is. so i i feel like we we should probably get to the stories and i feel like this probably. this is the one you should start with so this is called as a child i wanted to be a mermaid it's from our no sleep and isn't this this is fitting yeah definitely i, I feel like one of the uh, particular ensembles i've ever seen you wore were mermaid yeah <laughs> leg, I, I, leggings. I, yeah i actually wore that yesterday mm-hmm. you you missed it because mm-hmm. you know we're not in classes together anymore but i appreciate your memory my fashion is mm-hmm. definitely something i value highly I, I just i've never seen them before in my life <laughs> i had to note them but, but, but then your name was also siren and i was just like fuck yeah let's do this story yeah i'll bet cannibals you never met a cannibal siren before either oh that's not, that's yeah. not true no okay well good i'm you must my, be a- my ex-girlfriend oh. <laughs> was what i would call a bit of a cannibal siren uh, was she a cannibal siren or a regular one did she chew up her she's own she's a kind? regular one yeah, I was she ate my say- soul yeah i was about to say it sounds like she chewed you up and spit you out instead of <laughs> don't worry though that- see that's why we can hang out because i'm not gonna chew you up and spit that's you out that's true you're welcome <laughs> anyway <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna read the story now it's gonna be great growing up i always wanted to be a mermaid I think a lot of children have the same wish. I firmly believed that mermaid was an occupation that I could be once I was old enough. I imagined of eventually growing a long chubby tail with glittering scales. I had dreams of gliding effortlessly through the water. Maybe I could grow tendrils of beautiful red hair that fell all the way down to the ground. I looked forward to the day when I would be a real life official mermaid. A lot of free time. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Well, I mean, honestly, this could have been written by child me, so, you know. <laughs> Except without the red hair. Definitely never wanted red hair. My family lived right on the rocks by the ocean. That means they're rich as shit. It was a beautiful setting to grow up in. I know now people would kill for a home on the water. The sea breeze would whip by my face each day. It always smelled like fresh rain. Does it live in Seattle? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, whatever she's rich as shit lives in seattle i don't know i'm starting to lose empathy yeah, for this yeah really <laughs> i spent most of my time on the beach collecting shells or building fairy huts in the sand dolphins were everywhere chattering to each other there were beautifully colored fish and other adorable sea creatures it was paradise i had four sisters who i spent all my time with each was older than me and much more mature Even so, they entertained my mermaid fantasy by helping me build elaborate seaweed tales. One would pretend to be a drowning prince and I would rescue them. Gay. We'd all cheer as I saved the long-lost prince. I loved to be held in their arms, laughing as they swung me around the tide. But of course, you can't just decide to be a mermaid. Oh, really? Yeah, speak for yourself. That's what I did. And that worked for me. This person's just- they're just not trying hard enough, clearly. My mother made that abundantly clear. Alright, her mother's con. Every time I would bring it up, she would scoff at me. Mermaids aren't real, she'd say firmly. She even scolded my sisters for playing at it with me. You shouldn't encourage her, because I hate fun, and my husband left me because of how much I hate fun. And Listen, mermaids are fucking gay. <laughs> um, well, 
I mean, no, no, no. That's what the mom is saying to the daughters. I don't actually believe that. I, I, I actually, I have. I mean, I was gonna agree with you. <laughs> Mer- mermaids are fucking gay. Yeah, can so, confirm gay. Here. I, I was gonna say the the funniest thing about this that comes to mind is that when I was like really young, my sister got a aerial Little Mermaid doll, and I would uh-huh. just steal it all the time. Oh, that's really cute. Because I, because I, I, I played with her all the time, and, yeah. and she was younger than me, but it was, it was just always like. Fucking obsession with mm-hmm. Ariel. Yeah. Who, who didn't really? I, mean, I did. I was a kid. I know. I should have known her. That I was. Like, so so. Can you really blame this kid no. for just this kid just rewatched Little Mermaid way too many fucking times? Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me. And then we did it as a play my senior year of high school, and Shit. it fucking ruined it. <laughs> Yo, nice. Anyway. <laughs> Shit. My mother was probably right. You can't just be something you're not. <laughs> Smash your dreams. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, kid. You can picture the mother, like, I don't know, withering away, eating boiled goose each night, like, swearing at her children for having fun. (laughs) I learned that on the eve of my twelfth birthday. It was night, and my sisters and I were sitting on the rocks. We basked in the glow of the moonlight. A ship approached. It was just a small fishing ship, most likely lost. I usually stayed quiet and watched as my sisters prepared dinner, but that night, my mother my time. I cleared my throat. My breath tasted of rotted fish and salt. Boiled goose. And boiled goose. (laughs) I opened my mouth and began singing. My voice echoed across the beach. To my ears, it sounded like the call of a dying animal. It pitched and fell awkwardly. Man, this bitch has my number. I don't like this. (laughs) I'm feeling like a little called out right now. My sisters were smiling. The terrible tone of my singing drove the animals from the shore. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so this is what all is this is this how all periods are for for teenage girls? Yeah, I can confirm this is exactly what happened to me when I got my period as a child. Like, couldn't like this oh. metaphor is out of control. No, no, this is like l- this is not a metaphor. This is a literal thing that happens. Oh. Yeah, you mean your sister didn't like oh unhinge her jaw and scream at you until your ears bled when I I, I, I don't know if I probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To the captain, though, my song sounded beautiful. He looked out across the water to see me, a young girl, resting upon a boulder. In his eyes, I was radiant. Perhaps I had long red hair like the mermaid I wanted to be as a child. To him, my body was supple and young. My legs were spread innocently, beckoningly. He could not resist the combination of my beauty and my song. I'm fucking crying. (laughs) I'm crying. Okay. You sounded a little bit like Batman? Yeah, a little bit. I I bet Batman's a mermaid. Robin spread his legs (laughs) innocently, beckoningly, supple. The word supple. Ugh, just just so uh, cringe. Alright. In reality, I wore the skin of a dead girl. (laughs) My pointed teeth careened against the reptilian shape of my head. Like my mother, I had three armored tails that crashed against the water. My hands curled like claws. My second mouth was open and chomping where my torso might have been. Putrid fins darted along my torso. Of my sisters, I was the most hideous. If they had loved me less, they may have been jealous. But like all the men before him, the captain could only see what we wanted him to. 
He rowed his ship as long as he could before the need overtook him. He dove into the water. He swam against the current, eager to reach his vision of the naked girl. I guess she's 12 years old, right? I guess. Fuck. <laughs> I kept singing. Soon my sisters joined me, our horrible cries making ripples on the ocean's surface. The man never made it to us. He drowned almost 20 feet away. It was so comforting to see the milk-white corpse bobbing in the moonlight. My mother smiled at me with her second mouth. You did well, daughter. Now fetch the body for supper. Sometimes I miss those childhood dreams of being a mermaid. But truthfully, I wouldn't change who I am now. It is much more fun to watch men die than it is to save them. What did you think of that? I wrote this story about myself. <laughs> it's an autobiography. And that's, that's what your life is like? Yeah, this is exactly what my life oh. is like. Yeah, I told you I'm from North Carolina. This is exactly what living in North Carolina is like. A hundred percent. You could explain. Oh, how, well, okay. How is, how is that? All right, so I'm from a tiny, tiny town on the North Carolina coast, ironically. And um, honestly, it's pretty much exactly like that, you know? You go to the beach, you're hanging out, looking like a beached whale, but there's always somebody desperate enough who walks on up and is just like, hey, ladies. And then you just have to, you know, kill him Man, and eat his brain. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wanted a woman on the podcast, so. <laughs> no, but that's, no, that's perspective I don't have. No, you're... Well, you're welcome. I have so many creepy dude stories, man. I could tell. Oh my god! If they're ever relevant, do bring them up. Because Gosh. you know, I, I'll, I'll talk about. There's a lot of stuff that we mention in later episodes that are just personal. Now that I think about it, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like you know, mm -hmm. no one knows who we are. Yeah. So except okay. for the people who know who I am. Yeah, exactly. And I'm okay with them knowing that shit. Be All a right. slut. Say whatever. Yeah, you I want. am a slut. I'm fucking slut. I'm so proud of you. You're so strong. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna we're gonna split this one up a little bit. I'll let you know when to read. Okay. Um, this one's called Ten Years Ago." I had taught a creative writing course. Two student stories still haunt me to this day. From Reddit, no sleep. Fresh out of college, I took a teaching job in a small town in central Wisconsin. That was I'm sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say the story's going downhill as yeah, we speak. Yeah. In my sophomore creative writing class, gets better and better. Liberal arts. Uh -huh. I assigned a flash fiction exercise around Halloween, just asking for bullshit. We'd studied urban legends and folklore. I actually want to be in this class. Mm -hmm. This actually sounds pretty. And it was the students' turn to construct stories of their own. Assignment length: 100 to 1,000 words. Directions: scare me. Oh. The submission quality was as expected. These were sophomores, after all. But one story stood out halfway through my stack of papers. A piece by a quiet student named Jake. <laughs> I was going to say, he later went on to shoot up a movie theater. His <laughs> Thinking he was the Joker. <laughs> his first-person flash fiction story seemed so real, like it was dipped in reality a little too closely, almost like he wasn't making it up. But he had been retelling something that happened to him. I put it aside, impressed. Kate's submission was the last paper in the stack. I remember the reading experience vividly, the beads of sweat accumulating around my temples, the clickety-click of the red pen in my hand, and a weird feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach. I placed it on top of Jake's story, and I thought, what the hell am I gonna do? I still have photocopies of the original stories, and I wonder 
why do I still have these? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? We're, we're wondering that too, teacher. Why do you still have these? <laughs> Explain. But, but there is something about them. They are so interconnected, and there's something so raw and beautiful about them. I have a strong affinity for interesting student writing, and it'd be a shame to let the flames of these stories be extinguished. You're only a creative writing teacher would say something that extra. Naturally. I'll share the student pieces and the subsequent events that inspired right here. I do enjoy a good story. So this one's Jake's flash fiction. My parents put Grandma Rosie in a home when she started to lose her grasp on reality, they said. I still found it cruel, but she seemed to consent. Ooh. (laughs) But she seemed content. Content enough, I guess. I remember visiting her. She had an old wooden rocking chair that faced the window. Outside was nothing but flat fields of green. The green would eventually fade, and when it snowed, it was carpets of white for miles and miles. I'm not sure which season Grandma Rosie liked the most. She didn't do a lot of talking. She mainly listened to her radio, and always one station, 89.1. But 89.1 never had a signal. I was going to say, that's one of the ones I used for my... uh, my car radio. <laughs> uh, it was always static. Grandma Rosie listened to the static all day, seemingly waiting out her life. No one could reach her. It's like a what, like a candle cove for for radios, I maybe. Guess. I visited one day to drop off a box of chocolates. Grandma Rosie rocked slowly in her chair with large headphones over her ears, staring out the window, watching the snowfall. I couldn't tell if she knew I was there. I walked over and placed the chocolates on a small table, and her hand suddenly reached across and snatched my wrist. Shh, she whispered. Listen. Grandma Rosie leaned in close, and I put my ears to her. I lifted up the cup of her headphone and listened. There was only static. I was about to speak, but she covered my mouth with her hand. Listen closer, she said. I did, but all I heard was more static. Soon they will come, she said. (laughs) They will come to take me away. This freaked me out a little, and I went home. I told my mom and dad about what happened, but they didn't think it was was that weird because (laughs) she was fucking old. Fucking old people are fucking nuts, man. And scary. I kept thinking about it. One night I couldn't sleep, so I buzzed my friend Abby on her walkie-talkies. She lived across the street, and she somehow, she knew all about 89.1. She told me it was an old legend in our town, and you needed two things to explore the legend further. A radio, and a closet with the door slightly open. Face away from the closet, tune in to 89.1, and listen very closely. At some point through the static, you'll hear the faint sounds of an organ, distant screams, and the dragging of metal chains across a gravelly surface. The open doorway is an invitation. Keep your eyes closed, and only if you keep your eyes closed, a figure will appear and drag you into the closet. From there, your fate is unknown. Sounds like a fun time. Let's do it. (laughs) How do you know this? I asked. I've heard about it, she said. Don't tell anyone. The less people that know, the better. I looked out my window and saw Abby in her bedroom. She put her finger up to her lips. This is our secret. The walkie-talkie buzzed. For the next few days, I kept thinking about the ritual in Grandma Rosie. Why would she be playing this game? Why did she want to be dragged into an unknown fate? I again told my parents that I was worried about Grandma Rosie. They were very dismissive. Ever since Grandpa died, I think she wants to let go. My mom said. She wants to be with him. I wanted to know more, so I decided to try the game myself. 
It was late at night and I opened my closet door just a crack. <laughs> Yo, right? I sat on my bed with my back to the closet and tuned my radio to 89.1 and put on my headphones. I heard the static and I closed my eyes. I sat there for a long time, focusing very hard on the static. The longer I sat there, the more it felt like my room was shrinking. Kind of like the space was filling up with something else, like I wasn't alone. In my headphones, I heard the distant organ and I heard the screams that seemed far away but sounded like they were getting closer. The screeching of the metal began and then I heard a voice. Open your eyes! I jumped from my bed very startled. Abby was laughing hysterically through the (laughs) walkie-talkie. I looked around my bedroom. I was alone. I looked out the window and saw Abby smiling and giggling. She brought the walkie-talkie up to her mouth. I totally scared you, she said. There's no one there. You're such a wuss. I noticed the closet door. It was wide open. The static of 89.1 hissed from the headphones. I was only joking. The walkie-talkie chirped, but I wasn't so sure it was a joke. The real joke here is that he's going to be the one to take away Abby's virginity in, like, less than four years. Yeah, take it away. Because <laughs> you're making it sound like he's going to, like, creep into her... I just her. mean, like... No, no, no. Like, uh, no, he's going to, like, crawl into her house and she's got, like, this box, like, locked up, right? And it's, like, this lace doily or some shit. And he's just going to, like, smash it with a hammer and she's going to, like, wake up and stare it at him. It was a word fumble. <laughs> it's still hilarious. And he's going to grab the doily and be like, ha And he's going to hide it away in his castle. Ha <laughs> it is I. I have now your virginity and she's gonna go no and then he'll abscond you're so right though (laughs) i like that picture grandma rosie died two weeks later in her sleep her time had come and i was done fooling around with legends and superstitions that that's what scared the teacher that jake's story was the most interesting of the bunch what (laughs) his writing needed some tightening sure but the ideas were there mysterious legends sentimental characterizations who's who the sentimental in that story grandma was fucking nuts and an ambiguous ending i truly thought he had invented the whole thing until i read kate's submission what the fuck kate's flash fiction panic fear no one would believe me not ever i told him i was joking about everything it helps me sleep at night but i know what i saw a young boy a ritual and death Death itself, a black death with a clutching grip, an entity that surrounds its victim, dragging a companion to its secret and eternal lair. But I was joking, joking all along, which made it okay. I had to know, no more. I went to her room. It felt recently vacated, like the plug had just been pulled from the sink. Headphones on the floor, static, nothing but static. Noises from the closet, labored breathing, fingernails squeaking on the door handle from the inside. I clutch the handle. Something. Something else. Something dark. Can't open it. Won't open it. Refuse to let it out. I slowly back away. A tiny voice squeaking. Help me. Static echoing in the small room. Nothing but static. I close the door on my way out. Won't let it out. Won't tell. Will never tell. My story doesn't exist. It's simply not there. It's nothing but static. Here I had two seemingly intertwined stories, Jake's more traditional folk to- folklore story and Kate's personalized flash fiction, focusing on emotion, regret, and secrets. Perhaps I'd been swimming in urban legends too long, or maybe I'd been the victim of too many horrendous student essays and stories to count, but I couldn't shake the notion, this seems real. A few days after Halloween, I kept Kate after school. I wanted to know more, specifically... Was she the Abby character in Jake's story, and was she confessing to visiting the grandmother in her own piece? 
I pulled out Kate's flash fiction and I asked about how she wrote it, which was her inspiration. She shrugged. I guess it's avant-garde. I was just experimenting with ideas. Did you like it? (laughs) I nodded. It was an interesting piece, I told her. Have you ever heard of 89.1? Kate asked me. I started to speak, but couldn't. A few words sputtered out, but were interrupted by Kate's laughing. Oh my gosh, Mr. Patrick, the whole thing was just a joke. Kate explained how she and Jake conspired to write multiple viewpoints of the same story, partially as a creative writing exercise, but mainly just to screw with me. The whole thing was made up. (laughs) It was a Halloween prank. We so got you, Mr. Patrick. Kate laughed. I smiled uncomfortably. It was a good one, and yes, they got me. I told her that I enjoyed her piece, let's continue developing your avant-garde writing, and enjoy your Halloween. But something didn't feel right. I had drinks with a veteran, freshman English instructor, me the first year teacher in a new town, and he the wily old mentor. Totes not like a trope at all. (laughs) I told him about the assignment, and the stories Jake and Kate turned in, he laughed and thought about it a bit more. That just seems off, he said. You said Jake and Kate conspired to play a joke. They were thickest thieves in my class at the start of the school year, but in the fall they stopped talking. Wouldn't even look at each other anymore. Had some sort of falling out. I guess they made up. For the next few weeks, I watched Jake and Kate closely in my class and in the hallways. They didn't speak once, never even looked at each other. I scheduled a story conference with Jake, and I let him know how much I'd enjoyed his growth as a writer, especially his Halloween flash fiction piece. I grinned and told him that his prank with Kate had totally burned me. Jake (laughs) smiled awkwardly. We got you, huh? He said. It was Kate's idea. Everything was made up, he claimed. There was no 89.1, and he had no grandmother who passed away at home. All of the characters and situations were straight 100% fiction. I told him good job and to keep writing. Still, the situation seemed amiss. Like I was missing part of the act. Was it possible that these two were so committed to screwing with me that they wouldn't even speak at school or know they were dating and didn't want anyone else to know? so they played it cool in the hallways and in class. Hmm. They were 15-year-old kids, after all. That seemed reasonable. But it was keeping me awake at night. Nothing else mattered. I taught during the day, and I obsessed over the stories in the evening. New sports and current events faded to the background. The real world slipped away. I pushed forward. Armed with a couple of possible last names, thank you school records, I called senior citizen homes in the area. I was trying to track down my mom's old friend, Rosie. I told them. Each each phone call followed the same script. The receptionist went through the files and found nothing. No one there by either last name I had. I scoured the internet, and I spent too much time in the stacks of the local library. I found no folklore or urban legend relating to 89.1, and each time I felt like quitting, I pulled out my photocopy of Kate's story. She had visited Jake's grandmother. It felt so real, I I knew it wasn't fake. In a last-ditch effort, I spent a lot of time alone in my bedroom listening to the static of 89.1 with my eyes closed and the door slightly ajar. I'd hone in on the static and I'd listen deeply and intently for the chimes of the organ, the harsh and troubled screams in the distance, and the clinky-clink of the metal chains. Sometimes I'd think it was there, and I just had to focus a little harder, and I'd sense a presence in my bedroom about to creep out of my closet, the dark mist waiting to drag me away. I wanted it to come because I wanted this story to be real. But it didn't come. One day at school, I saw Jake and Kate smiling and laughing at Jake's locker. I walked past them and Kate winked at me. 
fucking bitch winked at me. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that was the clincher I'd finally succumbed to the notion. I'd been had. By these 15-year-old By pieces these fucking kids. <laughs> it was over. I ended my search for 89.1. I had drink. Was it hard to find at the station 89.1? Was it that much of a search? I guess, apparently. I had drinks again with my colleague, many drinks this time, and I drunkenly told him everything I'd been doing. He found my in investigation ridiculous and ultimately dangerous. <laughs> you like stories too much, he said. <laughs> if I didn't know any better, it's almost like you're trying to write one of your own. Just let it go. I pulled out the photocopied stories from my back pocket and I pressed them down on the bar, staining them with splashes of beer. My colleague picked up Jake's story and he took a look at it for the first time. His eyes skimmed the page and they stopped cold. Wait, he said. You never told me about Abby. I shrugged. Abby was Kate, I told him. It was all part of the game. I wonder. He thought aloud to himself. Hmm. He laid it out for me. A year ago, about ten months before I moved to town, an eighth grader named Abby had gone missing seemingly vanished into thin air. One minute she was alone in her room, the next minute she was gone. Some suspected that she ran away, but there were no clues, no evidence of foul play, no suspicious or shady family members or neighbors. She was simply gone. I read Kate's piece again. My heart sank the whole time. I assumed it was about her visiting the grandmother, but maybe I was wrong. Maybe the squeaks and pleas coming from the closet were coming from Abby. Kate never specified who she was visiting or where she was. I read the avant-garde flash fiction one more time, honing in on every word just to be sure. And at that moment, everything changed. I spoke with the school administration. They contacted the authorities and the police in conversations with Jake and Kate. It went nowhere. It didn't matter that Abby had lived across the street from Jake. It didn't matter that we had words on paper. They were just stories, the kids said. Only stories. Complete fiction. Jake had no grandparents in a home anyway. They were sorry if they scared anyone. They were Halloween stories after all, and pretty ambiguous stories at that. Jake even tearfully apologized for naming a fictional character after a missing girl It hadn't crossed his mind. And I was now the monster for dragging two innocent kids into the mess. The staff ostracized me and the town crucified me. I was done. I left the teaching profession soon after that. I walked out of the school holding my small crate of supplies and Kate smirked at me with a knowing glance through a first floor window. I haven't seen her since. I didn't take much with me, but I did have the photocopies of the stories. I pulled them out occasionally and relived the past. And sometimes late at night, I'll get a fire in my belly and a burning desire to travel back to that small Wisconsin town. Maybe Grandma Rosie was a great aunt that Jake's family referred to as Grandma, or maybe it was an elderly family friend. Maybe I missed something about the missing girl, about 89.1, about Kate's intentions. Perhaps I can try the ritual a few more times, just to see what happened. Or maybe it's just all bullshit. It was ten years ago, and I'm probably the only one that thinks there's a shred of truth in those stories. I'd be wasting my time. But it still keeps me up at night, the slim chance that it's all, it's all true. And oftentimes the idea of it's something I contemplate more than what really happened to Abby and the grandmother in the story. If it's true, why did the kids write it all down like that? I don't suppose I have a good answer. I'll never have one. I suppose that, just like me, they really just enjoy a good story. Boom. Is lackluster ending is lackluster. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. I thought that he was really going somewhere good with that, and then just kind of dropped the ball a little bit. It's like this. It's like the Zodiac killer. Like had had a headway for such a long time, and mm -hmm. then just 
just very quickly everyone just stopped giving a shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really just, it's sad that a guy fucking ruined his life over this. That would only fuel me to be even more manic and fucking nuts, right? Yeah, really. Like, you, like you ruin well. your life, you have nothing left yeah, to lose. Why not? Then, then fuck it. Yeah, you fucking gotta... take a gun and put it in those fucking kids' heads and be like, fucking tell me a story now, bitch. <laughs> fucking tell me a story now. <laughs> I have a lot of problems with children. I can tell. Is this, did you write that story? Might have. Are you the teacher in that story? You My were, name's Patrick. Your name's actually Patrick. Uh, You've been okay. had by these fifteen-year-olds. So uh, we have to we have to read this one because I need to get over it. But this one actually freaked me out oh boy, for okay. a little bit, and that's and and that's just because I'm I'm home alone in my house and I'm on the internet constantly, and I just that's your first mistake. <sighs> the internet is a cesspool of fear. So this this <laughs> one is from. Uh, that's that's very true this one's from stories to read alone at night and i know we read one of these in episode 12 so um these are these are usually pretty good stories i don't think we've read a bad one yet but uh this one's called anora and the one that sells this is that stories to read alone at night's website is set up almost like a windows 98 desktop okay creepy off the bat just yeah. the, just the barbie.avi kind of feeling Ooh. of the entire thing which i just read on the last episode too um yeah and uh and when you click on anora it opens up um a wikipedia page i think and all of this is on the wikipedia page okay or mm. or no it's a it's screen it's it's on the page but it's in like an email yeah it's in an email and it screenshots the Wikipedia page changing as the story goes along. So, oh. this was called Anora. All right, am I going to read this one? Mm-hmm. All right. Anora from Stories the to Read Alone at Night. Bree, don't delete this. I know you hate me, but we were best friends once, and I think you need to read this. I think I'm in serious trouble, and there's nothing you can do, but I need you to read this so you understand. I know we haven't talked since sectionals. It's been forever, but what happened to you wasn't my fault. At least it wasn't entirely my fault. I know everyone thinks it was, but I would never do anything to hurt you. This is going to sound crazy, but I need to tell you this so that someone knows. It started when we were in the eighth grade. It was the night before the Crystal Classic competition. I was at home and I couldn't sleep because I was so nervous about competing. Well, I got on the computer just sort of surfing the web and stuff, but I couldn't concentrate on anything. I was just sitting there, so I googled myself. I never should have done that, Bree. At first it was all this usual stuff you find when you google yourself, but then I found a link to a Wikipedia page about me. I thought our club made it or my dad or something. There wasn't much there, just some basic facts about skating and the city I lived in, but the thing that got me was that it said I won that that year's Crystal Classic. I laughed. I thought about for sure someone just did it to encourage me. I confronted my dad about it, but he denied it. When I won the competition the next day, I was so happy. That was the first competition I had ever won and it felt so good. Remember how hard I worked after that? That's when my parents hired Sergey to coach me. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Sergey come to coach you in more than just the ways of of what 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 competition called? What the class crystal I I teach you all the crystal classes. You know how much that must have cost. Yeah, fuck, private coaches cost so much money. All these rich kids, they deserve what happens to them. I fucking hate rich people. 
after that, I would check my page before every competition and it would always tell the result of how I placed. It said I would win the regionals at 15 and it all came true. After that, <laughs> Sergei convinced my mom and dad that I had a real shot at the Olympics. That's when they pulled me from school. I skated every day. Alright, ice, ice skating, I think? Yeah. Okay. I skated every day, but I wasn't just progressing the way Sergei said I, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. Said I needed to if I wanted a shot at the championship. I was working so hard and I was skating well, but still, Sergei said it wasn't good enough. When the sectionals came, all I could think about was winning, so I did something I shouldn't have. Everyone was saying that you were the favorite, and I felt like I had already lost the competition. So I made a Wikipedia account and tried to update my page to say that I was the winner. The thing was, is that after I tried to update the page, I checked it, and all it said was, Anora Petrova is a selfish little bitch who's going to get what she deserves. I broke down. That's why I looked so awful the next day. I was in a daze. I remember watching your routine and seeing your blade snap, and the next thing I know, I was on the ground and my face was covered in blood from where the tip flew off and sliced my forehead. Then they told me that it was my fault because I had your skates in my possession earlier. Bree, I honestly didn't do anything to your skates. I wanted to win, but I wouldn't do anything to hurt you. When they told me I was banned from any further competitions, everyone said that I got what I deserved. Nobody even asked for my side of the story. I guess you heard that Sergei dropped me after that. He said I ruined him. No one would talk to me. Do you know what it's like to be ostracized by everyone? I couldn't even get ice time. And then the page got worse. Anytime I'd check it, it would say all these horrible things about me. I can't even tell you half of them. The language was so vile. I'd cry every time I read it, but I couldn't stop checking it. I knew I had to do something, so I made a complaint to Wikipedia. I even tried calling them, but nobody there claimed to know anything about the page. I was home alone that Friday night, and I decided to check it to see if it had been taken down. The page was still there, only this time it said, Honora Petrova is a pathetic little orphan. I freaked. I kept calling my parents to warn them, but on every time I'd call, all I would hear was this horrible laughter on the other end. I must have called them a hundred times until I couldn't take the sound of the laughing anymore. After the accident, the police gave me their phones and there wasn't any record of my calls that night. I was so devastated. Before that, I was so busy training all day and doing and going home from school, I never realized just how alone I had been the whole time. I know you tried to reach out, but I was so depressed and angry I just shut everything out. Once I turned 18 and got the settlement money from court, I came to Switzerland. I got to reinvent myself. My skating really took off. It hasn't been a year, and I feel like everything that happened was so long ago. That's why I shouldn't have done it, Brie. I'm writing you now from an old hotel outside of Prague. I'm auditioning for the ice circus tomorrow. I know it's the kind of thing we used to make fun of, but I really want this. I was feeling really nervous and out of an old habit, I checked my page. It's so hard to say this, but when I checked the page to see if I'd get the job tomorrow, all it says is Anora Petrova died friendless and alone, and it has today's date listed as the date of my death. I'm sobbing so hard I can barely type this, but I wanted you to know the truth. Please believe me, Bree. I attached a screenshot of the page so you'll believe me. It's all there, just as I told you. I don't know what to do. I don't know anyone here and nobody speaks English. I keep refreshing the page. God, it's been forever. I keep refreshing, but it has, still hasn't changed. I'm waiting for midnight. I don't know what to do, so I locked myself in my room. There's only a few minutes to midnight now. All I can do is refresh the page. I'm exhausted, but I can't stop. I'm afraid to leave my computer until I know what happens next. So this, this part I put in mm -hmm. because 
this is this is on the Wikipedia page, but I couldn't copy it because mm-hmm. it's a it's an image. It's not it's not an actual page. You click it and it'll just take you to an image server, but it's very discreet, so it makes it look like you're on a Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the page, it read, "You should learn a lesson from Honora." Honora delved too deep and got what she deserved. But enough about that little piggy. Let's talk about you, all alone reading this drivel. Tell me, what would you like to be when you grow up? Honora had great aspirations, believed in her. At least I did for a while, such a little piggy. But then, you're not like her, are you? No, I see something great in you, something unrealized. We could go great places together, you and I. Yes, the more I think about it, the more I realize that this isn't just a case of happenstance. Great things can happen when you stumble upon a page like this. Think about it. You with your talents and me, well... Let's just say that I have an ace up my sleeve that I wouldn't mind playing on your behalf. So tell me, what do you desire most? Oh, you're thinking about it and the answer is yes. Together we can accomplish great things. I could help you so much. I could take you places that you've never even dreamed of, but first, you're gonna have to do something for me. So I read that like alone at night at four o'clock in the morning and in the corner of the Wikipedia page they have a picture of like a dead woman and uh... I just alluded that it was Anora. Yeah, it was just it was just too much for me to fucking oh, handle. Yeah, and, uh, no, I, that and, one was. And I feel weird. like I feel like the ending, the ending interpretation of the Wikipedia page, and then who's that perspective is, can be taken like two ways, and that's like devil, mm-hmm. you know, supernatural. If we go supernatural, then it's then it has to be like the devil or like a crossroads demon or yeah, some, something like that. But like yeah. crossroads don't exist anymore. Yeah. In that kind of like uh, that, superstitious sense. Yeah. See, I like. I'm definitely getting a crossroads demon vibe from that. But then, if you take it the other way, it could be like a Booth World Industries, which is on episode seven, which is basically like, we will kill whoever you want, do whatever you want for you, mm-hmm. at no fucking charge. But eventually, we're gonna come calling on you and expect you to do the same thing for someone else. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little. I I feel my my guts are a little grumbled. It's um, it's, it's a tough it's a it's a tough one, and and I feel like the thing about uh, stories to read alone at night is if you didn't find this like podcast wise like reading the story creepy, then you need to go to the website. That's the that's the best way I could say, and I only yeah. say that about um, what uh, Ted's Caving Journal. Is something that like we can't read. You need to watch. You need to go to the website. And you need to click through it. It's set up like a like an old Zanga with terrible pictures, but the sh- the story's just fucking creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, what other ones like Suicide Mouse AVI? Like, there's no point in reading that because half of it is about watching the clip. There are just some there are just some things that work better in 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 web format, and that story is just so much creepier when you're reading it on yeah. that email page. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I was a little, I was already a little... Yeah, it's just, just a little, it's just a little it, too yeah. real, you know? Like, I've Googled myself before. I don't think that's, like, fucking uh, narcissistic or no, anything. it's not. Because in this, in this day and age, your your digital image is definitely a thing. You, you leave footprints no matter what you do, no oh, matter yeah. where you go. Without a doubt. Yeah, no, I've definitely done that before. And plus, you know, it hits you where it hurts the most. It's like, oh, you, oh, you want to be something great? Yeah. Like, I can make you great, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, ugh. what's the word? I don't know what the word is. It squicks me out. That's the word. Yeah, <laughs> squick. squick. Ugh. It's just, ugh. So we're going to, I know, I know you're, 
you want to you want to flop over into some fun into some fun dumb I like because to have we fun. um because troll pasta as a definition are dumb <laughs> but but we like reading them and honestly I have fun reading them so uh we're switching over to troll pasta now if this isn't your thing I guess you could end the episode now but I think we're going to read some relatively funny ones they're always kind of funny because they're stupid yeah and I mean if you don't even like them stay for us cuz we're yeah. both you know big charmers exactly exactly uh this <laughs> that's old news which is the <laughs> which is the name of the first troll pasta um it's the apocalypse, Pete, yelled Jacob as an explosion lit the skies. Downtown, which was close to Jacob, was suddenly and violently filled with screams and bright explosions. Already having flashbacks to World War II, Jacob began to panic even more when he saw people shambling about, going to and from the locations of the explosions. Pete, his loyal old dog, growled feebly at the people passing by. They appeared to be walking corpses, and this became clear to Jacob after another bright explosion lit the area enough for his old eyes to see clear enough. Jacob turned for the door and yanked Pete's collar. The old hound went tumbling in with Jacob as he slammed the door shut and went about setting the various locks in his house. After securely locking down his house and setting in, pla- in place his window bars, he got up the nerve to take a peek outside out there the sky flashed with explosions that rocked his house suddenly a face popped up right in front of him startled he fell backwards and onto his coffee table i know you're in there old man the person outside groaned from the lighting inside his house he could see the burn marks and missing flesh on the person's face shouting wildly he hit the lights and ran to his bedroom which was upstairs pete was right behind him the man outside banged on his door. Come out and join the party, he groaned in a dead voice. Come out and join the party. <laughs> After a few breathless minutes, the banging stopped and Jacob figured the man would bring a whole horde of his undead friends back to get him. He reached into his dresser drawer and moved away his socks, retrieving a pistol. They've been saying the zombie apocalypse was coming, old Pete. I read it. They've been saying the zombie apocalypse was coming, old Pete. I read it on them sites. Now it's true. I'm sorry, old boy, he said, aiming the gun at his lifelong companion curled up in a pile of that week's newspaper. The dog died with only a quiet whimper. Next, Jacob turned the gun on himself. I planned for this day so carefully, but now they know I'm here. Damn it, Sally. I'm coming to see you, he said as he pulled the trigger. That was not his last thought, however. The very last thing that went through his mind in the last few moments when he was still alive and breathing was a headline on one of the newspapers under Pete, Zombie Costume Party, Downtown Halloween Night. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh man, that almost, it's like a funnier version of the ending to The Mist. Did you ever watch that movie? I fucking love The Mist. Oh, it hurts though. It does, it hurts, but it, god, (laughs) it's like the same shit though. (laughs) I'm sorry, old Pete. I never like when they kill the dogs and things. No, me neither. It always breaks my heart. I would much rather them, like, I don't know, kill a a child or something. Like, no dogs, please. Cackling. From Trollpasta. Enough was enough. For years I had listened silently to the doctors squawking out their meaningless Latin gibberish, toying with my body as they tested one new radical new treatment after another. They said this last one was the best, that my condition was finally improving why then did i feel like i was dying inside 
Why were my thoughts growing so dim, my joints so numb? Today was to be one more round of their disgusting concoction, but I knew it would only be the death of me. I knew by now that they were trying to destroy me all along, that I was just another guinea pig in their sick little experiments. They weren't gonna take me. I could feel one more attack coming as I flung myself from bed, and I wasn't gonna lose this one. I crumpled to the floor, flailing and twitching as I already had hundreds of times fighting for control. I fought harder than ever before, writhing, screaming, cackling, always the mad cackling echoing from deep within even though- (laughs) even through the screams. At long last, I realized what I needed to do. A part of me had always known, but had always stomped out the notion before I could even finish. This time, I embraced it. I fought for it. I squirmed, shrieked, and gibbered until finally I felt something new. A rush of euphoric freedom I had never before experienced. I had it. I had the control. Despite the agonizing screams flying from my body, I felt no pain, no sensation at all, as I peeled away the strips of flesh. The screams quickly faded as crimson mosaic flooded the tile floor, but my work continued, and my shrill laughter echoed through the empty house. I scooped out dripping handfuls of meat and slick, gelatinous entrails. I stripped the tissue from my fingers to better scrape the gunk from my bones into the long night. As I finally stood up in the heap of discarded flesh, I realized that my memories had never really been mine. I was only an observer to them, imprisoned in a loathsome cocoon of meat and viscera. It was finally time to create memories of my own. I knew there must be others like myself, and that they might just need a little help breaking free. The cackling began anew, and this time it would never stop. Nobody would silence my joy. They had tried to kill me. They fucking quacks had called it a disease. They had called it bonus eruptus a rare disorder in which the skeleton tries to jump out of the mouth and leave the body which is apparently from simpsons (laughs) (laughs) it just says simpsons in joke and before it says a rare disorder in which the skeleton tries to jump out of the mouth and leave the body um i can confirm i suffer from this disorder oh man that that sounded fucking nuts yeah it was it's tough but eventually you just kind of have to shove your fist in your mouth and you just punch your skull back into place it's really metal (laughs) it's the most metal thing i've fucking heard (laughs) in my life you want to hear you want, oh you want to hear a horror story sure it's it's short i promise so i lived so there used to be this um when i was a kid there was this trailer next to me and i'm talking like it was like brown it like it looked like a junkyard like there was a couch in the front yard and like three boats in the backyard all of them were broken it's the kind of shit that you see in those hillbilly hella movies you know okay. but the guy who lived in there was like this really nice old dude with his wife um he just kind of looked like santa claus so we just referred to him as that until the events of the day i'm about to tell you about in which hey, his name. yeah exactly <laughs> hey trailer santa anyway <laughs> So we were all, you know, it was me and my brother and sister. I was like 10. So my brother was eight. My sister was five. And we were, you know, fucking around outside doing what kids do, which is like ruining everything. So we were like, you know, running around being like generally horrible. And my dad was watching us, which is like the first indicator that something was about to go horribly wrong. Because the only time anything went horribly wrong was when mom wasn't home. Mm -hmm. And it was always either dad or me that had to deal with it. And in this time, it was my dad for once. So thankfully, I guess that, well, I guess it would have been pre- disasters that we had to deal with i was like a little young but anyway so you know we're like you know playing tag outside like punching each other like you know all the things that siblings do and we you know 
we hear like our neighbor, you know, moving around in his backyard, you know, no big deal. Cause there's this line of pine trees that separates the yards. Cause that's the only kind of fucking trees that exist in North Carolina. And all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm like punching my brother in the face and there's this giant explosion sound. Like I'm talking like, like a legitimate explosion. Like, like, like yes, off. like a cannon going off. And we were like, <gasps> and we all stopped like beating the shit out of each other. And we looked and above that line of pine trees, you, you just, I could just see this oil barrel sailing above them, like smoking. And it was like, you know, and they were, it was at least like 40, 50 feet in the air that that thing went flying. And so my dad screams and says, call 911. And like, I was the oldest and I was of course the most responsible. So what I did when charged with the first like real responsibility of my life was run in circles and scream along with my siblings. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, luckily though, we didn't have to call 911 because we went over there and this old dude is just standing in his backyard like covered in oil like looking confused and it turns out that the motherfucker tried to open an oil barrel like a legitimate oil barrel in his fucking backyard with a blowtorch i'm serious? dead serious and he was fine there wasn't I'm a scratch on lived <laughs> i know that dude has the unbreakable disease from fucking m night amazing. but you know on the bright side i didn't have to call 911 because if i had to he would have died and it would have been my fault so holy shit so the moral of the, the real horror of the story is responsibility that's a fucking story mm -hmm. oh that's I, good yeah that's good <laughs> thank you that belongs in the troll pasta <laughs> this fucking old it dude it was the first troll major trolling of my life and oh i was only God. 10 years old and it such a young and impressionable age oh yeah and almost involved the death of an old man mm. but he didn't die i think he died like a couple of years later but it was something unrelated I don't know what happened Not to you. oil explosions. No, no oil explosions. That would have been a bomb way to go out, though. Yeah, fuck yeah. Put me in a catapult, launch me 50,000 feet into the air, and explode me. <laughs> <laughs> America. We started calling him Demolition Man after that. Fuck yeah. Yep. That's so great. It was great. Not so, lie. Trailer Santa Demolition Man. That's mm -hmm. pretty... That's a, that's a steady evolution right there. Mm -hmm, definitely. I can't wait to become Trailer Santa when I get old. <laughs> This next troll pass is called <laughs> Treats of Insanity. That that fucking story is a treat of insanity. Yeah, really. It's very appropriate. This event has changed my life eternally, and not for the good. It all started on a simple Sunday afternoon. I was just an average person, not really well known. I was okay. As long as I was enjoying my life, I was perfectly fine with how my life went. I was a pretty big fan of that food. <laughs> the food that is subject to this story, but I was by no means addicted to it. Key word is was. <laughs> I was just sorting papers when I heard a knock on my door. I went downstairs to see a couple of young salesmen. They wanted to sell me this food that I really liked. I never had that food in three years, so as you'd expect, I got pretty fucking excited. Too excited, in fact. <gasps> I screamed to emphasize the fact that I really wanted the food. Sadly, that ended up scaring off the two. And great desire to find those two guys again. Yes, same, honestly. I searched the entire city again, looking in every corner, crevice, and building I could possibly think to find them. I turned the entire place upside down to find them, but I couldn't. Eventually, I found them again. In excitement, I ran after them again, screaming the same words as I got to them. I ended up scaring them off again. You know what this is, right? This is so good. You know what this I, is, I'm, right? I'm not sure. I don't want to say I do, because then I won't, and then I'll be embarrassed. Does... 
this leads me into a deep depression where I had to get some encouragement to bring myself to find those two again. It took about five days before I could bring myself to try again. As of today, I have yet to find them again. I have searched for days and have yet to find them. If the two salesmen are reading this, then allow me to say this. Mark my words, SpongeBob and Patrick. I am coming <laughs> for your chocolate. Chocolate! Chocolate! I remember when they invented chocolate. Oh, I remember when they invented chocolate. I, I hated it. Always hated it. I hated chocolate fucking love that episode old spongebob is seriously one of my most favorite things ever made you know i wasn't allowed to watch spongebob as a kid my mom was like it's funny because my parents were really chill when i got a little bit older but when i was like a that's little, just a little too gay honey. no it, it's like she thought that it would like make me dumb or something i don't know like there was so many things that she restricted like i didn't even get video games as a kid no no spongebob no ed ed and eddie no courage the cowardly dog but that scared the shit out of me because i was a little bitch and i still am so you know some things never change i probably still couldn't watch that fucking show yeah we do we we could plug your uh we could plug your website channel if you're okay with oh, that oh man shit no no I, plug it all right well you know since i'm allowed to shamelessly plug i do have a let's play channel with another group of friends of mine from you know way back in the day but it's it's called nasty women gaming it's pretty centered around gaming and feminism so you know if that's not your deal then two I, things everyone should be okay with though <laughs> if it's not your deal then i'm sure there's others for you but if it is i am honestly pretty much the best thing that'll ever happen to you so mm -hmm. you should probably check it out you can find it on pretty much every social media platform i think so yeah you should totally check it out give me some views make me feel validated <laughs> validate me <laughs> validate me please so this is gonna be the uh, the last story on lots of pasta this is the last troll pasta called the pretty cake room Ooh, all right. I'm. Can I read this? I'm interested in pretty. It is yours. And cake. It's yours. You're reading. And, oh, it's and, mine. And... On Friday the 13th, find a steel door and paint an inverted crucifix on it with lamb's blood. Then knock. Put your ear to the door and listen. Within 30 seconds, you should hear someone ask, who sent you? To which you must reply, Brian Peppers. If you hear anything else or something you can't quite make out, or hear nothing within 30 seconds, turn in a clockwise direction to face the south, and you'll bum darts at the top of your lungs, then quickly leave. <laughs> the door will then open in an opposite direction, its hinges go, revealing a stunning white light, which will fade in 3.14 seconds. If you are timely in stepping over the threshold, you will find yourself standing in a kitchen with no doors or windows, even the door you came through will be gone replaced by a wall in the kitchen there will be an oven cupboard stuffed with ingredients and cooking implements laid neatly on a wooden prep table along with an open cookbook the most important thing is the cookbook you must do the cooking by the book the book of cooking the cooking book the important cookbook <laughs> All I can think of is the lazy town cooking by the books, Little John mashup. Please tell me you've seen that. <laughs> I haven't. It sounds really good though. All I do, all I do is just watch remix. All I do is watch remixes of We Are Number One on repeat. So it's pretty much the only thing in my playlist now. I don't actually listen to anything else. Lip to the recipe named Pretty Cake. If not, they're already, under no circumstances, use the one with the title Messy Recipe. Do exactly as the cookbook instructs, following its directions to the letter. 
A song will be playing loudly, repetitively, to remind you of the importance of following the cookbook and reassuring you that it's a piece of cake. <laughs> Is the song on repeat? We are number one. <laughs> because if, I'm not going here unless that's it. If you are successful, you will have a cake. If you fail, you will have to eat what comes out of the oven. Whatever it is will not be pretty or in any way resemble a cake. <laughs> Before you are released from this room, two conditions must be met. The thing you have made must be completely eaten, and everything must be restored to the exact state it was in when you got there. If anything is in the smallest atom out of place, you will be denied exit. The song also never stops playing. <laughs> That is Is that it? I feel like I feel is like that, that that's like a that's um like Paula Dean's uh you know diary. I'm pretty sure it is. Do you think that's how she There there was just a there was an utter lack of mayonnaise or butter involved in yeah. the story though, which I feel like are two staples of any popular Paula Dean. So maybe um Maybe, maybe like Martha Stewart. Maybe. You know? Or maybe the pretty cake recipe because they or didn't say what was in Maybe the it's recipe. what she did that she got put in jail for. It could be. Maybe that that's makes, how that she makes sense to me because her her kind of scamming people um <laughs> is understandable. Yeah, true. I don't have anything against Martha Stewart. She she and I can be friends. We can chill. But you know, maybe the pretty cake recipe isn't maybe the whole point of following it to the letter is because the recipe is literally just like six quarts of butter like there's no other ingredients now that's the prettiest cake guy i ever say oh yeah i ever saw it. and you just keep putting butter in and you just keep going and that's why it tells you to follow the recipe because you're like what the fuck there's oh. no way this can make a cake and then if you eat if you don't follow the recipe exactly then me i don't know maybe some like a fetus comes out of the oven i don't know they always <laughs> you gotta eat that fetus yeah, you gotta eat the fetus <laughs> I really appreciated the southern accent as well. I feel like it brought a, a new dimension to that story. Thank you. Yeah, I felt that it was surprisingly appropriate. Because if I had read it just in dumb voice, which is what I categorize the voice I use for all my troll pastas, mm -hmm. it's the same fucking voice. <laughs> um, it's just me, but dumb. Mm. You know, it's like if I was never educated, and I, I just appreciate a good uh, a good troll pasta with some with some commitment. Thank you. I committed to that. I am also um, very committed to making fun of southern people. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not hard. No, it's really not. It's not hard. <laughs> so this was uh, this was lots of pasta with uh, Cannibal Siren. How how did you feel? I'm how feeling I'm feeling pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. I'm feeling like I'm gonna go try and make a pretty cake after this. No, I could use some. I don't actually like cake that much. I'm sorry. What? I just don't. It's uh, just something about it's uh, something about texture. I don't know. That just like I'm personally offended now. If I wasn't a Cannibal Siren, I would probably. I make pies and cobblers all the time see i'm not a pie person i can't like i love well, I'll, I'll eat some pie but it's just not my favorite like if i had to pick between a pie and a cake i'll pick the cake every time well i i guess uh i guess you could go fuck yourself then. <laughs> <laughs> ouch <laughs> well you know what fine more cake for me bitch i don't need you or your fucking pies eat the fucking cake <laughs> eat the cake eat the cake or cake is a lie cake is a lie Eat the cake or you can't leave this demon kitchen, apparently. Maybe that's what it was. It was just portal told from a fucked up perspective. It could be. I wouldn't be surprised. Make this. all the cake. Mm -hmm. So this was lots of pasta. And uh, any, any final any final words um, you'd like to add? No. Go fuck yourself. I, you know, part, part, <laughs> yeah, no, I take, I take it back. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, I always, you know, one of, just one of these days, I want to be like final words, and someone just say like, 
the three stupidest things that come to the top of their heads. I almost see that sucks because I almost said like I, I don't I almost said something really fucking stupid, but I, now I'm now's your chance. Yeah, well, see now I can't even remember what it was. Maybe the <laughs> maybe the stupid thing all along was what I just said instead of something that I had previously planned to say but didn't say. You know, because that made complete sense. <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's a good ending. Thanks, man. Because <laughs> that made sense. And I like the trees. Smoke so much weed, you wouldn't believe. And I get more.